We've got a real Kickstarter journalist on the podcast today who's also an amazing creator, an actor, and a host, and a friend, and a wonderful person. Let's talk to Becca Scott, shall we? Welcome to Fan Find It with Laser. I am Laser. The goal of this podcast is to help you build an audience full of true fans who are excited to actually support your music and art. Today, my special guest is Becca Scott, actor, host, creator, and CEO of the Good Time Society. So, hey, you beautiful creator, let's get right into it, shall we? Hi, Becca Scott. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for being here. Hello, Laser Molina Weber. Thank you so much for having me on your lovely podcast. It's such an honor to have you here on Fan Funded. Becca, how would you describe your current job? That's such a funny question to ask. You do many things. You have well, a beautiful a smile. That's what I know about you. Yeah, what is in a job, especially in this <laughs> in this city, in this economy? Tell me. Oh, gosh. Well, I primarily create board game tutorials on my channel, Good Time Society. If you have a board game and you would like us to cover it, I will accept your cold hard cash. <laughs> Excellent. Um, no, it does take a lot. We we pay a director and a writer and an editor and a videographer and all those things require funds. So I'm lucky that that is a thing that is happening. I also play D&D and Call of Cthulhu and Wizards of the Coast and Chaosium are, are kind enough to sponsor those streams. So I do that. I stream on my own channel. So thank you to my Twitch subs and Patreon subscribers. And sometimes I get to act. Yeah. And so you're all over the YouTubes and the Twitch. You're making stuff for people and audiences who are also people. Yeah, people and audiences. And generally, I just try and get paid to play games. That's my whole MO. <laughs> so how did you get here? Was this the goal? Like when you were young, Becca Scott, you were like, okay, I'm gonna grow up and get paid to play games? Or how, how do we get here? Picture me, okay, gap tooth with some braces, Excellent. staring in the mirror, pep talk. <laughs> Becca, one day, there's gonna be a thing called Twitch, and you're gonna be on it. <laughs> yeah, we all knew. We all knew 20 years ago that this is what was going to be what's happening. No, I have that that moment all the time where I say, dear younger self, you would be so impressed by me because <laughs> you didn't even know this was a job. Yeah. Um, no, it, it's pretty crazy to to get to live in this space. Um, it It's not easy to be a freelancer on the Internet, just like trying to hustle and get jobs and, you know, make sure you remain relevant and people know who you are. Yeah. But at the same time, it's so much fun to get to just play around and call it work. Yeah, absolutely. So so did you start as an actor? Because I know I sometimes I'm a guest on your show and I feel like every time I'm in there, you run into somebody from improv classes and stuff. <laughs> yes, I have paid for many an improv class. <laughs> It's very true. So yeah, I'm still an actor, even though that's not primarily the thing I'm pursuing. Just there's only so much time in the day. Right, of course. You, but, I mean, you uh, act every week on all your shows. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're just doing it yourself. Right? I'm making the things happen for me instead of waiting for them to happen by waiting to get into an audition room and be one of many that... May or may not get even get a call back. Yeah, I moved out to LA. I said, I'm going to be an actor. So I worked in a coffee shop and I worked at a workout place and I uh, did all those things at the same time. Like an actor does, of course. Like an actor does. And then I said, you know what? I just like being on set. 
And I just want to be on set in any capacity because there's this magical juju that happens in the air where everybody's working and you end up going way into overtime and everybody just wants to create something cool together. And, you know, uh, to a certain point, once you get past a certain level, everyone's like, peace, I'm union. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So I quit all the day jobs in order to do that. And while I was scrapping around as an assistant director and like a low budget producer and uh, making these little commercials and stuff for anybody who would have us, I stumbled upon Geek and Sundry and got to make some stuff with and for Geek and Sundry. Okay. Yeah. And then they were launching a Twitch channel. And I happen to have some prior knowledge of Twitch because of a different kind of group channel like that, that I had hung out around. And then the rest is history. I just kept saying, Hey, I'm here. You could put me in that. And they kept <laughs> falling for it. I'm very good at everything. You can, uh, you can allow me. So Geek and Sundry, if you don't know, we have a very diverse range of people who listen to this podcast. Geek and Sundry is a hi, lasers g- parents. Uh, yeah, yes, hello. <laughs> um, it's a, it was a it's kind of a conglomeration of famous people, actors, producers in the industry that do nerd content. That's all you really need to know. But they or, created or was in its heyday. Yeah, in its heyday, <laughs> and and it was a YouTube channel and Twitch channel. I guess we talk about this a little bit on the Amy Dallin episode. So you start in there, and then you you were hosting shows on there, and then this last year you launched Good Time Society. Right. That's right. That's right. Tell me why you decided to launch Good Time Society the way you did. Ah, oh, well, so glad you asked. So Geek and Sundry, you know, maybe they made some turns that certain shows spun off on their own, very big ones like Critical Role. And that wasn't quite the same after that. And, you know, they ended up closing their studio right before COVID hit. And so that was about the time when I said, well, I need to make sure that I'm I'm making videos. I love doing this. I love playing games with friends and putting it on the internet. So if it's not going to be as consistent over at this place where I have been doing that, let me try doing it on my own. And not exactly on my own. My friend Jake Michaels, who has always directed the how to play videos over there, I I said, hey, Jake, let's uh, start a company. (laughs) And, And so we were planning to do that January 2020 and when oh March my God. I didn't realize that around. it wasn't like a result. It was on purpose. It was it was on purpose. We were going to start doing the exact same thing anyway. It just so happened that we had a lot more free time for it than we imagined. <laughs> Amazing. Brilliant. Yeah. So ideally, we would have been putting up a lot of Actually, there's one video uh, on the Good Time Society channel that is around early February. We put up a video playing with friends, the Quacks of Quedlinburg, mm-hmm. in person. And this was right when everyone was like, hey, you hear about this COVID virus? Right. Um, yep. So after that, the next 10 videos were, were just me teaching a game and less of the playing through part. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, the playing board games is what I love. And I am grateful that Good Time Society w- was happening at a time when it could continue to happen. Yeah. So it was... You know, fortuitous timing-wise, even though nothing about COVID is fortuitous, and there was, of, of course, course yeah, still yeah, is yeah. a lot of suffering from it. Uh, I, I'm just very lucky that it didn't hit me in terms of getting in the way of what I was trying to do. I'm very impressed as a person. I mean, I'm always impressed when people like kind of take up and they're like, you know what, I'm going to do it on my own. And a lot of folks kind of have trouble just deciding, like. I mean, especially in in the industry of acting, you know, where you're like, okay, I get cast and then I I go and I show up and I join the union and there's these 
steps, but when you kind of decide, no, actually, I'm going to do it myself and I'm going to create a company and I'm going to do these things. Like, that's very impressive to me that you just decided to do that. Like, what do you think made you decide that you could? Oh, well, that's very sweet of you to say. Thank you. Who do you think you are? (laughs) Anybody can start it. Whether or not it goes well (laughs) is always yet to be determined. Yeah, that's fair. But I don't know. I think it just comes down to me being bossy. And if it's my thing, then I get to decide how it goes. Yeah. (laughs) No, I think that organization is something that comes naturally to me. I'm very type A. Mm -hmm. And that's why I like board games, because I can see here's the clear strategy to earn all of the resources and be able to turn them in for profit and, and wins. You are very and fun to play board games with because you do know I? you know your plans. Oh, I find it fun. I mean, I'm not as invested in winning as you are. I feel like maybe if I was, I would, I'd be more worried, but I find it fun to play with you. Aww. I love playing board games with you. You're <laughs> a strategic yeah. and you've got a mind for it. But yeah, as you said, winning is not priority, which I've had to reorient and teach myself or at least pep talk myself to care less about the winning um, but I can be very single-minded sometimes so oh, I good. do need to give myself the reminder it's amazing so so when you get to good time society and your channel all the stuff you make your acting all your games so is there a goal for yourself for how you want the audience to feel like a mission statement that you have for the creations of Becca Scott yes I thought about this just because you asked, and it should be a thing I think about more. You know, every company needs a mission statement, and I keep putting off writing mine. But in general, it's so basic. It's just to have fun and help other people have fun by watching people have fun. I want everybody to smile more, as silly as that is. None of it matters. We're all made out of dust and star stuff, (laughs) and to that we shall return. And so, like, none of it matters. Everybody just have a good time and be nice to people and make people feel good. And that's all we need to do. So that's the goal of the company overall, to entertain. That's, I mean, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. So I am so curious I know that there are so many different moving parts involved in what you do. So can you tell me, like, what are the different jobs? What are the different revenue streams involved in being professional host actor? I know you take commissions, you do sponsorships, Twitch acting, hosting. Like, what is what are some of the pieces of that flow chart? Oh, man, I got excited and I told you a lot of them earlier. I know. For being a freelance person, it mostly means a lot of emails because it's not like you have one boss. Your boss is whichever client decides to email you that week and has uh, an idea of what they want. So it's all about communicating well and being responsive. Yeah. So yeah, I have a tremendous pressure to reply to everyone and everything. So if you email me, no, you're stressing me out. No, just kidding. Um, (laughs) Stop emailing Becca. Yeah. Um, sometimes, yes. I'm constantly it, saying that to my my friends and my sister. Like, we should make it illegal to email me. Like, why are we doing this? It actually made a big difference in my life when I realized, like, instead of replying immediately, I should write the reply and then schedule it to send, like, in a couple days or in a couple hours so people don't write back again. Oh, that's so smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, Laser, you just enlightened me. They keep writing back if you write back to them. It's very infuriating. <laughs> Just put it on a time delay. Yeah. Yeah. It's like leaving two marshmallows for a child as you leave the room and and, um, experiment on them. Yeah. You know that marshmallow experiment? Yeah. I like to experiment on children too. Yeah. Same. Okay, cool. Um, Uh, uh. But yeah, to answer your question, uh, 
Uh, there is this with being a freelancer, you kind of have to get over this fear that I've seen other people have of you don't know when you're going to get paid or what the next gig will be. And it is this sort of like, okay, we're just going to go with it. And if something new comes up, we'll try it. But yeah, but um, I would say definitely income from very disparate things. And, and when you put them all together, it makes a career. So yeah, so you said like the very first thing you said was being paid to make how to play videos. Is So is that like your main thing? Is that how you would describe that's my main thing right now. Yeah, Good Time Society That's is cool. carrying the mantle of making, you know, in-depth scripted board game tutorials. And so that's been going really well. We've been doing it for a little over a year now. Mm -hmm. And basically, we, we've been pretty much at our <laughs> near capacity for only three people doing this full time. That's and so awesome. Yeah. So that's been a big part. Also, I stream still for Geek and Sundry. They don't have a studio right now, but I still am there every Thursday. And by there, I mean in my same spot. I always sit in my office <laughs> and stream for a couple hours. And then I like to stream for myself, but that time gets fewer and further between. And then I also got to do a big commercial recently, which was very exciting. Ooh. And I can't say what it is yet because it's not on the internet yet. But when it is, then I can say. <laughs> that actor life, that's like the good stuff. It's that, that money. That is the real good stuff. It's also just, it's wild to be on a set that is this level where people are union, usually. Like somebody yeah. on the crew. It has departments and it has walkie-talkies and it has... Honey wagons, which are a fancy name for a portable toilet trailer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's the it's, dream. It is such the dream. And when you are even just a day player as an actor on, in one of those situations, you are treated like royalty. Everybody gets everything for you. You need a water bottle. You need a, a tissue. Like people have not have to. They, they just hand it to you and you yeah. say thank you. But it is not easy to get on set into that position. Yeah. So that's the trade-off. Like when you're there, it's so awesome. And you'll get there not that often. Yeah. Well, congrats on the commercial. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I can't wait till I'm able to talk about it because it was for a cool product and mm -hmm. I get to play Becca in it. Oh, I know Becca. Yeah. Oh, she's all right. <laughs> so I would love to know if you know the answer to this question. How do new fans, audience members find you? How do you grow your audience? Because that seems like one of the things that is valuable to the people who are hiring you, obviously, is like, well, you already have this audience, right? And and also, how do you find new clients? Like, where are people coming from? Becca? That is such a great question. And yeah. I wish I actually knew the answer. <laughs> I have a guess. Yeah. But I've been watching the YouTube information that they tell me, not that I know specifically everything to do with it, but we've been having a steady and continually growing stream of people subbing to the channel. So thank you so much if you happen to be subbed to youtube.com slash goodtimesociety. And where are they coming from? I think it is an amalgamation of times when I, I guessed on things like My Friend's Cool Podcast or something like there's a game show on the College Humor subscription service Dropout. Oh, the yeah. game show is called Um Actually. And I think that um, new people have found me that way. I, I get messages telling me the disparate ways anecdotally that people have found me. Sometimes it's they buy a board game and they type into YouTube how to play blank and then the video comes up. Yeah. So that's always exciting, especially when a, you know, non-internet friend, an IRL friend, I suppose, although internet friends are also real 
friends. <laughs> but sometimes they'll say, yeah, I, I bought a board game and I, I looked it up and you were there. <laughs> so that's always fun. <laughs> but yeah, basically, yeah. yeah, I just try to say yes to stuff where new people might find what I'm doing and therefore find what all the people I'm working with are doing. Do you have a concept of how brilliant your niche is or are you being humble right now or are you, do you really not know how great you are? I strongly deny everything you're saying. Okay, great. Well, <laughs> no, huge imposter syndrome. You can't convince <laughs> me otherwise. I will okay. never be doing an off laser. <laughs> okay, great. Well, you stop listening. So listener, if you're not aware, the board game world is like ballooning and it's still growing awesomely as a person who knows a lot about the inside of Kickstarter. Like it's a huge portion of, of what Kickstarter is doing. It's a huge portion of like I went to a Walmart in the middle of nowhere. There's tons of games there that Becca Scott has made how to play videos for. And Becca has this kind of, I mean, kind of the corner on the market on really high quality how to play videos that are scripted, that are friendly, that are approachable to people who are not like maybe, I don't know, that, that might get intimidated by somebody talking down to them. Becca, you can Aww, listen again. that was so nice. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. You made me think of a plan. I'm going to go to the Walmart in okay. the middle of nowhere and have a sticker made that says Becca approved with my face <laughs> and a thumbs up and just stick them on all the Walmart products. Yeah. See, that's how we find new audiences, baby. Yeah, that's really smart. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I think what you do is amazing. And I feel like you have just such a good you're friendly. It makes me really happy to to watch your stuff. And you have a show called The Calyx, where I, which you were a hilarious and wonderful guest I was on. on. And I think it is fair to say that you have an intentional guest booking policy on this show. Yeah, well, I, I don't want to be exclusionary, but primarily female yeah. players and or non-binary players, because there's a lot of dudes playing role-playing games on the internet, and really it came about because at Geek and Sundry, my whole origin story, yeah. we had a show there called TBD RPG, and the players just happened to be all female, and we didn't like make a big deal about it, but I don't know. There's a certain energy that comes from um, a lessening of testosterone that I really enjoy at the table. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it's, it's just a very different vibe. And it's really fun to watch. And, and I think it's good for everybody to remember that when you're in an RPG setting, like if you don't just have the one non-male character, then you can have a whole bunch of different characters. Like sometimes there's the when you have the one non-male character and you're, this is so different and like I'm preaching to you for no reason. But like no, that no, person people are listening, <laughs> that person ends up being the white mage character, you know, and that was me in high school, right? Like, that's just like... The oh, you one, always have to be the healer. The, the the healer or just... Or the sexy person or whatever. And, and like, that's just not interesting. And, like, if you have a whole table of five, like, different femme or queer characters, it's just, like, this has got weird and creative and funky. And I just... It's a good show. You put your finger on something that is hard to describe. Yeah. I, I don't really have a why except that different things happen and it's a different level of comfort and trust and listening and oh, yeah. gifting of ideas that I really, really love. I really, not, I really, not that men are incapable of those things. No, but I mean, and, and a lot of us, I mean, at, le at least on the show I was on, I, I can speak from my experience being at a table with, you know, primarily straight cis men you don't feel safe necessarily to explore certain things, maybe. But the table we were at, there were people like maybe trying 
a romantic thing and then being like, actually, I'm doing an a- an asexual thing and like, oh, that's great. And then like, oh, this character's really cool and I have a crush on him in this way. But like, if it was a table where you just didn't know where that kind of energy would be directed, it like, it, you just wouldn't be able to tell that kind of story. And like, if a character's just really badass and female, they just start getting sexualized immediately in some circumstances. Whereas in other circumstances, you can just be badass and female and be like, badass and female it's not a big deal i don't know it's yes. fun oh, it's so yes. fun becca you you don't um have that fear that if you do decide to you know oh i'm gonna flirt with this npc um as herbie sherbert did with whatever the guy who <laughs> the the extremely <laughs> bad a, guy fun moment yeah um yeah he was kind of bad yeah but you know you didn't, herbie didn't know herbie's yeah. just living herbie's best life yeah and there isn't that fear that I'm going to, that Becca as the keeper is going to make laser feel weird. I would hope. Yeah. Because exactly. I'm going to be more intuitive as to what you're comfortable with. And if I see that I'm making it weird, then I will know to back off in a way that sometimes gender dynamics can, um, or this is this male person in particular can make people feel uncomfortable without knowing that they are. And yeah. that's, that's not a worry at this table. Or we can make them feel uncomfortable because they don't know which direction to go. Like, it's just kind of like we're able to know each other's boundaries just because we have. It just so rarely has a majority of people with similar boundaries and experiences who are the people who are kind of in the marginalized group as as opposed to the majority. Anyway, it's a good show. And, and, and not even smart. majority in numbers, but majority yeah. in terms of power. Power, yeah. And, and it makes it non-threatening. Yeah. And so we can get weirder. <laughs> exactly. And I think that you're doing a lot for visibility in tabletop games just by doing your, your tutorials as well. I mean, like, you're a badass in every possible way, but I don't think it hurts the hobby to have, like, this extremely powerful, per- like, woman being a very visible voice you know well you put a big smile on my face i forget that it's atypical in some circles for me to be a woman doing what i do because i am surrounded by badass people of all genders and you know a lot of females out here in la crushing it on on all fronts but yet there are some really great people doing the same things i'm doing at a larger scale let's see there's rodney smith who does watch it played and then my friend paula dimming and monique uh, massacre i probably pronounced her last name wrong they both are contributing to this really great channel so there are more women who are getting in that board game space uh, mandy hutchinson is a contributor to the dice tower but like uh, the progenitors to those channels are cis white men you know not their fault they are who they are and they love games and i i love their work but we do need more people in it and so i'm glad that i get to be one of those voices saying like games are for everyone because I'm all about, if I see a gate and somebody gatekeeping, I'm going to take my invisible berserker axe and I am going to smash that gate and hold it open for as many people <laughs> as I can. And then crush and, us all at every board game. And it'll be fun. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. But I, I think gatekeeping for any nerddom is so lame and I want to make sure that all people feel feel welcome in those spaces so i'm going to i'm going to shove open that gate get my foot in it and say come on in <laughs> uh you're wonderful um you are oh yeah true um yep. so becca you 
look at games on Kickstarter as part of your job. So this is a question for you as kind of the journalist angle. What sort of perspective has that given you on what makes a successful project and what kind of project interests you when you look at it? Two very different questions. Yes. And I'll say for the first part, what makes something successful on Kickstarter? I think you know more about this uh, on the inside of what goes on on a Kickstarter. But from my perspective, from seeing it, you know, third party is it has little to do with the game and everything to do with the marketing, the outreach, the level of professionalism on the page, the whether there's stretch goals, if the video is cool, and all of these other little tangential details that make the overall package seem like something that's going to happen. What's crazy about the whole world is <laughs> if something is successful, that thing gets more successful. If other people seem to think it has worth, then you think it has worth. And this is just a natural human thing. So if it reaches its goal in the first day, you know, set a goal that you know you will crush in the first day because it's that thing of success breeding success. That's not necessarily what I'm attracted to personally in a Kickstarter, but that is what does well. Things that know exactly what they're doing from the (laughs) get-go, especially as more and more professional companies use that as their main means of, of putting out their product, even though that's not really what Kickstarter was meant for or legally should be doing, but it's basically a pre-order system at this point. Yeah. As far as what I'm interested in, I love, if we're talking about board games specifically, I love seeing a new mechanic. If there's going to be something like, oh, everybody's battling over the same sort of like tug of war type thing, or or these pieces, they're shaped differently than any other pieces you've ever seen and they click together. Something that's just has an element that stands out just very specifically. I really like worker placement games. Yeah. And then like one project that really appealed to me that I was looking at the other day and I mentioned in my, you know, bi-weekly here's here's what's cool on Kickstarter thing we do in our channel. I love this game. It is called Earth Rising. Mm. And what I love about it is that it's a game with a mission. They are giving 50% of the profits after they finish fulfilling stuff to different charities. And it's a game about, like, the goal of the game is for you in a co-op style to, in 20 years, reverse the effects of human activities leading to global warming uh, or, you know, climate change. And it just looks really cool. It's kind of like the co-op game kind of in the style of pandemic. In fact, it's very similar in that as a player, you get a special occupation card that kind of reminds me of the art on pandemic. And you're like, you have 20 rounds because it's 20 years that we have to reverse these things. And so I backed that game and I'm very excited to play something that it feels, I, I get annoyed when I see more and more games that are celebrating capitalism or like subtly have a genre of colonialism and like conquering stuff as part of the backdrop of them. Even though I've played a bunch of games like those and enjoy the game, I I still, a part of you feels dirty for supporting something that like politically, I don't think I really support. So when I see a game with a mission and it has good strategy and mechanics, I'm in. That's awesome. As somebody who is a games influencer, and I think one of the answers is ask Becca for her rate sheet, but what can people do to make their games and their projects and their emails appeal to you? Because I just on an honest note, I know some games designers and I know they're like, wait, how do we get Becca to talk about our game? And some of them may be listening. So what's the answer? (laughs) 
The answer is, uh, even though I tell you not to, just ship it to me. And if it's sitting around in my house long enough, I will open it and look at it and probably play it and then be sitting around and being like, oh, wow, we have a full day and um, we could shoot another video in it. Uh, how about how about this one? Perfect. Excellent. <laughs> but yeah, I, I try to cover games that I just like and not just the ones that keep the lights on. But it's a mix of both. And usually it, it comes down to something that's either like there's so many IP games. So if it's like a big IP that I think will, this is hard because you have to get the IP if you're making the game for the thing. Right. Um, but <laughs> sometimes I cover stuff that's just a fandom I really enjoy, or I, I just have a, uh, honestly, I like a lot of worker placement and I like like an all ages game or a deception based game. But mm-hmm. generally it's, if your game is doing something different that I haven't seen before. Love it. Any tips on writing a nice email or a letter or pet peeves in the games industry? I think, you know, not that I'm my, everybody's got a lovely life story and (laughs) you're welcome to write it. It's just, uh, I will read every email I get, Mm -hmm. even if I, you know, maybe um, make Jake reply to most of them. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I read through everything and I think really have nice marketing like PDFs have a cool graphic that kind of explains everything. Yeah. And and don't worry too much about the text of the email, just facts, just like, here's what I want. Here's what I could offer and or not offer. <laughs> and <laughs> I can send it to you. And, you know, I, I, I feel like I can't write novels via email when, when there's streams to be strum. Yeah. I mean, you work a lot. So I'm very impressed about all of this, these things that you do. I'm very impressed. I hope, <laughs> I hope you're, you're hydrating and taking naps on hammocks and stuff. Um, um, no, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't take naps. If you work at all hours, then you get to take breaks whenever you feel like it. Uh, <laughs> I love this for you. Tell me a little bit about your team. This is something that a lot of the creators I work with don't realize that they're allowed to ask for help. So I would love to know how you ask for help and what help you get. Oh, man. This is a thing that I'm still learning. Mm-hmm. Number one, to say no to some things is okay. Yeah. Um, number two, hire your friends to do things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm realizing more and more like you can share the work with people and that is wonderful and great and they appreciate it and you appreciate it and just make sure that everybody's being taken care of and listen to. But my team right now for Good Time Society, we like to bring in as many people as possible to be on our streams and play games with the people behind the scenes are me, Jake Michaels, who writes a lot of our videos and also does a lot of hosting. We have a podcast called To Boldly Watch, where we rewatch Star Trek The Next Generation and talk about it. But it's so much more than that. There's so many life lessons that in Star Trek that we really we try to get to the car, core of. Um, Sandra Jeanere is also the the third cast member on that podcast. Oh, um, love, I love that man. Yeah, and you know, had we not asked him to do a podcast, well, uh, we would have so much less perspective. So just just ask people, just yeah. ask people, but make sure that what you're asking them is in line with. Like, don't ask for anything that puts people out too much. Uh, And if you do, you better pay them. (laughs) Yeah. I also, we hired uh, a gentleman. His name is Matt Moynihan and he's amazing. And he does our social media posts. So if you're talking to me on the Good Time Society social, you're talking to Matt. (laughs) Because that was the part of my brain that was exploding. I was like, we're making all this stuff. And I have to remember to post to Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, even though I don't post to Facebook. uh, Every time we do a thing. And that that was a part that I was like, hey, someone else could be doing this part. 
especially because I have my own social media channel. So yeah, so that's been a really nice uh, thing to spread out. And then I have uh, JB Jara, who's an amazing technical director. He does a lot of stuff with Hunter's Entertainment, which is a great publisher of RPGs and cool stuff. And they have a stream and I, I poached JB and he's been running the Calyx behind the scenes. You, you've had the pleasure to meet the I've JB as well. I've experienced JB. It's good stuff. Yeah. But um, right now that's, that's the whole team. Of course, if anything is sponsored, then we make sure that our cast for the sponsored show gets paid, which is, you know, paying my, paying my friends just to be charming is my favorite thing to do. Well, you have very charming friends. I mean, you say hire your friends, but you have talented friends who are trained in, in doing the things. I think there's a good line between don't pay your friends to do things they don't know how to do. It's, it's a, it's, it gets complicated. That's a good point. Yes. Be yeah. sure that your friend can do the thing before you ask them to do the thing and, and tell them you're going to pay them. Because then if you have to fire your friend, then uh, then you're really screwed. It's, so <laughs> indeed, indeed. <laughs> yeah, um, that, that's when trouble happens. It's, you know, tribbles, right? Oh, there's not a tribbles episodes of The Next Generation, is there? Oh, I'm What's so tribbles? Tribbles? Trouble with tribbles? Oh, gosh. Is this a whole aspect of Star trek I don't there's, know about. I, there's an episode in Deep Space Nine and in the original series. I think there might be one in Enterprise 2 where they go back in time. Oh, Tribbles! Oh, yeah, you there's an original it. series image that I'm looking at. Yeah. That'll be the, the episode art. That's the mission of this episode. Okay, so, Becca Scott, what would you like to change about your job or your industry? What would, What's something that if you had a magic wand, you'd be like, actually, not this. This different. Oh, to make Geek and Sundry and its heyday happen again. <laughs> I just want a studio where my friends can come in all the time and we can just stream cool stuff on Twitch, like role-playing games and video games and board games. And, you know, that's all we have to do day in and day out. So no big deal. Yeah. Some legendary money. Yeah. Basically an angel investor. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Listen, hear that, angel investors who are listening to this Hello. podcast. There'll be uh, very little profits, but very big spending, and it's going to be really fun. (laughs) (laughs) What would you never change? Celebration of creativity. Mm. And the weirder people are, the more we can enjoy that that just thinking unconventionally and the, the community that comes up around it, I think. This weird stuff we, you and I do on the internet is cool because the fans are a part of it and fans, you know, just viewers, just um, people who are essential to it working because it's all about the interaction. Like if you want to just watch TV with someone who's never going to reply to you on Twitter, you could do that. But what's special about Twitch and YouTube and making cool albums and doing podcasts is that (laughs) you can contact the people doing those things and there's this conversation there absolutely all right this is my favorite question becca what tools do you use that you recommend give me the software your favorite books your items your hacks people love this stuff well i have so many i'm gonna say obs open broadcast software is Mm -hmm. my best friend i use it for all kinds of things (laughs) do you you have a special setup for it I have many special setups. Mm -hmm. So when I'm just streaming games, I use OBS. When I'm in a Zoom call, but I want to like have a slight filter and or this is top secret. So I'm on a show called the Black Dice Society. It's Mm -hmm. on the D&D channel and we play D&D and I play an Air Genasi. And so I'm blue and everyone comes in chat and they said, oh my gosh, is that makeup? No, I just Q shifted. And that's because I use OBS. And (laughs) it's just like 
the most, it's not fancy. There's no bells and whistles. It's free software and it just does everything you could possibly want. And there's always more things and people are always making cool plugins to like make a blur. I'm no expert at it, but I just have a lot of fun playing around with all the things that it can do. And I feel like I I have all, all the secrets behind the scenes, you know, I, I just like a... I, I really like technical direction. <laughs> I feel like we but, should all show up to our Zoom meetings blue and then just act like it's normal and everybody else is, is seeing something. Yes, know? that's a great idea. Yeah. I could just be blue all the time. Okay, uh, food for thought um, for me later. <laughs> but actually, have you seen in the Zoom settings that you can like give yourself bolder eyebrows and oh, yes. or a lip color if you download the beta? That's crazy. That's I, like, I had, uh, I've had people do that. They put on the fake makeup and then their cat shows up and then their cat has lipstick on. It's good stuff. It's yeah. very good. I've been really close to just straight face, seriously, just not saying anything and just wearing it the whole time yeah. um, as if it's normal makeup. But then if you turn your head too fast, then the eyebrow will lag just a little bit yeah. and people are going to be like, wait, what? Yeah. What's going on there? <laughs> But I'm not saying I won't try it. We'll we'll see. Okay. Other, you said favorite books. I mean, Marie Kondo wrote The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. It really is life-changing, people. You have a very clean room. At least what I see of it when I stream with you. There's there's a lot uh, just outside of frame. (laughs) But it's all organized neatly. It's just a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Uh, My favorite book that I want everyone to read, and has nothing to do with doing any of the work that I do, but I want everyone to read this book. It's called Utopia for realists and it's about universal basic income and it's about the studies that have been done of why this would work and why we all need to try it and you know with the checks that the biden administration and the previous administration wrote i think people got a taste this is what it can look like if we tax amazon and the robots have to pay a fee for for you know everybody gets to enjoy the fruits of robot labor that's what basic income could be I love that. Okay, putting yeah. it in the show notes. That's yeah, good stuff. Rutger Bregman is the author, and he also has a TED Talk on basic income. He's this Dutch philosopher, and he has some other books, and he's just a really amazing person, and I'd like to follow him, and I recommend to everyone Utopia for Realists. It also talks about how we should have a 15-hour work week, which I am so far from. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> There was this like talk at the turn of the century of as automation continues, then human productivity can decline and we could just have a 15 hour work week and that'll be fine and everybody can get yeah. paid the same as they would. But like, why? Well, we could slow things down, you know, mm-hmm. wouldn't that be a world? Sounds good to me. Yeah. Becca Scott, final question. I would love your parting advice to someone who wants to do what you do, who wants to make the internet smile. Oh, wow. Did I say that? You did. Gosh. Okay. I'm so wise. Uh, (laughs) uh, First of all, don't. Okay. I I was talking to some people who have teenage daughters that want to be actors the other day, and I was like, don't. Oh, yeah. I, as a responsible person, must tell them, go into the STEM field. Yeah. Uh, Get a real job. But um, if you're not going to do that, congratulations. That's step one. <laughs> Just you passed um, the test. <laughs> yeah, you passed the test. Yeah. When I was in acting school and everywhere ever since, there, there's this joke of like, tell people if there's anything else they could rather see themselves doing than trying to be an actor or trying to be a creative, do that thing. Yeah. Because you have to be ready to constantly hustle. And if you are a person that needs security and stability, 
a freelance life is not for you and a career in acting is probably not for you either. Not that, not that I have a traditional acting career, uh, a non-traditional one, Mm -hmm. but my number one piece of advice, if you want to be in a business that requires people who hire you to hire you again, be the most easy to work with person Mm -hmm. they've ever met say thank you anytime you're given a direction, no matter what it is, even if you think it's stupid, just say thank you and then do it your own way anyway, maybe, (laughs) but like try and look like you're trying to do the thing that they wanted. Um, And just be the kind of person that people aren't going to say, oh, well, she's good, but she just made my life harder because she didn't respond to her call sheet to say received. You know, do the little things that make other people want to work with you again. Oh, that's beautiful. Very true. Becca Scott, thank you so much for joining me. Laser Melina Weber, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. This has been an absolute honor. Stop. so much for listening and thank you to becca for joining us please check out becca's stuff she is the becca scott on instagram twitch and twitter she is good time society on youtube and twitch she has a star trek podcast called to boldly watch and of course is on the black dice society on dnd twitch and youtube she's an awesome person and you should definitely check out everything she makes because she's amazing Thank you to Aubrey Turner for editing this podcast. Please share it with a creative friend. If you want to hear more from me, well, that's great because right now my class is open. I am looking for about 10 more students who want to join me on the adventure of a lifetime to get your true fans and get ready to make money on your art. So head on over to lasercampaigns.com fill out the work with me form or just join my newsletter because hey it's really good and there's lots of good information on it so lasercampaigns.com is the place to be and thank you for listening never forget the things that make you different are what really make you shine Bye bye